Well, hello, everybody. It's wonderful to have you with us. I pray wherever you are that you know that God is with you exactly in the place where you are. Well, as we come into these final weeks of Lent, it's all about drawing closer to God. It's about the holiness of our life. It's about preparing ourselves to really experience the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the new life that we are called to. It's about looking inside our life. I have to be honest, in these weeks of Lent that I've been travelling through, there have been real times of turmoil in my life when I've been asking the question, am I who God, who God's calling me to be? With all I know, with the life I've lived, am I in the place of God with, uh, where God wants me to be? And it's almost like that Lent is that time of inner turmoil. Well, I'm going to read to you a story of, of a turmoil that takes place within the lives of a group of people. This is a question of the heart. But to be honest with you, at first you don't think it's about the heart, but it is all about the heart. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 46, there's an argument taking place between the apostles. An argument arose among them as to which one of them was the greatest. But Jesus, aware of their inner thoughts, took a little child and put it by his side and said to them, whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, for the least among all of you is the greatest. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never got into any conversations about who uh, among the friends I know, who of us are the, are the greatest. But here are the apostles, they're arguing, which of us is the greatest? Maybe if I had the Messiah around me, if we had the Messiah around us, Jesus, we might be going, gee, we got picked in the group. Which one of us is the most important? Luke, actually through the whole gospel, references an inner turmoil that often goes on in the hearts of women and men who believe in God, who are committed to God, that, there, that often there are these arguments and inner conflicts that are within us that even express outward expression at times that if we don't take control of us can move us away uh, from God unless we make a decision for faith. A great example is Mary. The angel Gabriel turns up to Mary, says, hey, you're going to be the mother of the Lord. And she said, how can this be? For I am a virgin. In other words, she gets thrown into this conflict, this inner contention, this inner conflict that's really at the heart of who she is. And that for we committed Christians, that is not an unusual thing. And Lent brings that to the fore as we reflect upon our life. Now, this conflict concerning in the Scripture who's the greatest, is an ultimately an inner quarrel within each of them, let alone against the other. It's a temptation for self-centeredness, for selfishness of competition, of being above who of us is the greatest. And uh, see, the apostles still don't get it. What it means to follow Christ and what, and, and what the kingdom of heaven being declared on earth was all about, they didn't get at this point in time. So Jesus gets a child and he stands the child beside him. He no doubt towered over the child. And then he says to them, as we've just read, anyone who welcomes a child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my father who sent me. Whoever is the least among you is the greatest. See, one of the great mistakes that we make when we read the Bible before I talk about this, is that we put today's values on what we read into the story of the past. We act as if the values of society and the practices of society back then are the same as they are today, and they're simply not. And when we do that, we miss the potency of what, uh, of what the Scriptures are talking about at times when we put today's values 
in them. Any of us who are older know what it's like to put today's values, to, to judge today's values on how we were 20 or 30 years ago. The world was very different back then. And now to put today's values on them and see the things that happened back then can often cause great conflict among people within themselves. And we see it all the time. See, Greek and Jewish societies of Jesus's time didn't value children at all. Infant mortality was very high. There was a high demand for human labour. There was. If a child wasn't useful, they had no value. Because if a child didn't contribute to society, there was no consequence. Uh, There was no sense of sentimentality that there is today around babies and children. They were a weight on the family until they became useful. Quite literally, they were the least among you, as it says in verse 48. They didn't, they didn't look at a child as a model of innocence as we do today. Children in their society were insignificant. And if we don't appreciate the, just the weight of that, we miss this scripture because we don't want to see children that way because of our, our society today. To be honest with you, let me tell you a story. Um, on Saturday night, Rosemary and I looked after four of our grandchildren ranging in age of seven down to 18 months. And something occurred and Rosemary had to uh, leave uh, suddenly because something had happened. And so I stayed with them. I got the three older ones to bed. And then the, the young one, the 18-month-old, Abigail, uh, she was good. And you see, I'm the fun grandparent. When it comes to fun and eating all the things you shouldn't, I'm the, I'm the person. Rosemary's serious grandparent, uh, but they love Rosemary to bits. And uh, so anyway, the little one realised all of a sudden after a while that she was there by myself and uh, with me. And all of a sudden she wanted grandma, not me. And so anyway, she began to get upset and I think her tummy wasn't feeling too good. And I picked her up and I was walking around with her and she was okay, but she was upset. And then all of a sudden she vomited and she vomited all over me. And it wasn't just a little, shall we just say I was drenched everywhere. Now, she had a change of clothes. I didn't. I hadn't brought a change of clothes to her house. And then a little while later, all of a sudden, I begin to smell something. And she'd done something in a nappy and it wasn't the easy one to change. It was the, well, it was the, it was the more complicated, if you know what I mean. And it was at that point in time, I looked around for Rosemary and she wasn't there. So I just want you to know, I, I, I manned up, I braved up and I, I got it done. Um, but anyway, uh, if I had a dollar for every nappy I've changed in my life from our five children, I'd be a very wealthy man. But anyway, but it's a long time. And when she was finished, she smiled at me and she was happy and everything. And then when her mum and dad came back, we talked about it and they, everyone had a laugh, even though I was still stinking, you know. But in Jesus' time, they didn't see children like that. Children were expendable because they had no value. Jesus is saying to his disciples, it is to the, to the least among you that you would welcome and treat with respect and dignity these little insignificant ones if you are to follow me. And, and we can't grasp that, just the magnitude of how upside down that was. How upside down that was. It was just, it was, it was huge what Jesus was saying to them. And so... Uh, Luke is saying this, disciples uh, are, are not to be like children, but rather like Jesus. See, I got that wrong. When I read this, I thought it was meant, well, children, you know, we've got to be just innocent in our relationship with God, you know, and we have to be like children in our relationship with That's not what it's saying. It's saying, it's saying 
don't be like children. It's saying, but rather be like Jesus who embraces children who are the insignificant ones themselves. How does God often appear in our world? It's in the small, the powerless, the insignificant. And the response of Christians to to this is that we get engaged in feeding the hungry, looking after those who are thirsty, the lonely, the naked, the sick and the imprisoned. Our response is to God and see when we look after them. In Matthew 25, 40, it says this. It's, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. The simplest act of kindness that, that we do creates a chain reaction that reaches from heaven itself for whatever is done to the little, uh, to the little and the least is done uh, to Jesus. And what is done to Jesus is done to God. Let me say that again. The simplest act of kindness, but creates a chain reaction that reaches heaven itself for whatever is done to the little and, and the least is done to Jesus. And whatever is done to Jesus is done to God. So in God's infrastructure and kingdom, the greatest is the least. So here's my question to you. In these final days of Lent, in these next few weeks, so often we can be filled with our own sense of importance or busyness. To be truly great is to lay our lives down, our lives down for others. To that child who is ungrateful, to that child that makes your life very difficult, to that relationship with a spouse where love may be a little dry, to those people at work that are unfair and unkind to you. And the list goes on. How we respond is a reflection of our relationship with God. And I've got to tell you, that's difficult, isn't it? Loving Father, I thank you today that you're with us. I pray, Lord God, that you would bring conversion into our lives. And Father, we make this prayer in Jesus' name through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. For those of you who are wondering how I coped with all that happened to me, the nappies and, the, and being covered in the stuff, I just want you to know I'm still, I'm still in recovery mode right now. And as I said to Rosemary, where were you? when I needed you the most. Hey, I'm surviving it all. God bless you. See you next time. And don't forget, wherever you are, God is never far from you. Thank you for walking this daily devotional journey through Lent with Bruce Downs and the team. We're praying for you in this holy season. If this podcast has blessed you, we encourage you to share it with others. You can connect with us on social media. And if you would like access to more content, head to our website at brucedowns.org.